0: You're listening and watching Peak to Pit. Allie Peak, TJ Pinger, talking all things Florida and Florida State football, recruiting, basketball, whatever we choose to talk about. I'm on
1: basketball this year.
0: No basketball, you, you're out. Yeah,
1: right
0: I mean it's not really to be out on basketball. Say what? I said it's pretty early to be out on basketball.
1: Yeah, we're terrible. We do have – okay, so I will say, like, there are legitimately six guys injured and suspended right now. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to, you know – Judge. It's hard to play with that yeah. many guys out. Uh, and then Florida's not been super impressive either. Uh Florida's been – so they got drugged by Connecticut last night, and they've had some weird losses too. So, yeah, and no, I'm good on basketball. Like I'm good on, I'm good on country,
0: basketball though, So, Say what? So isn't Connecticut, like, the number five team in the country?
1: Yeah, but I don't even think they were competitive. Like it was like a, you know, so if you're you know, if you can't even keep it close with teams, then what's even the point? So yeah, I'm good on I'm good on hoops this year. We'll do hoops next year.
0: That okay. be the thing. Sounds like a plan.
1: All right, so what you got going on? Let's get well, um, to this. We always wait a minute. So I'll, I'll give Greg Brunt a, a shout out at the very okay. beginning of this. from um, Tallahassee the keys, Greg, we'll get you taken care of. You can call Brunt Insurance at 954-589-2204. Home car, boat, motorcycle, RV, trailer, whatever you got that needs insured and has wheels, Greg will get you taken care of. You can go to Bruninsurance.com, but he'd prefer if you call him, talk a little bit of college football, talk a little recruiting. Florida's had been a good week in recruiting. Um, Maybe talk more off-the-field stuff with Greg until next year rolls back around. But uh, chat with Greg about college football, see if he can save you some money. Give him a call today, 954-589-2204. Appreciate Greg and his support of the show. All right, how do you want to start this thing? All right, bowls. Let's do bowls first. I think that's that's what happened. I asked you, and then I took over. But uh, Florida State playing the Cheez It Bowl against Oklahoma. Florida playing in the Las Vegas Bowl against Oregon State. Um, Two teams that went six and six draw top twenty opponents. Yeah, Florida goes six and six and gets a top twenty opponent. Oklahoma goes six and six and gets a top twenty opponent in, in Florida state. Um, we've talked about bowls a ton in the past, but I'll let you go first. And then we'll probably argue about the bowl here in a minute and then move on. But what are your initial thoughts on the bowl? Um, so,
0: okay. Initial thoughts are, I wish that, um, Florida was going to be at full, uh, strength for the bowl season for the bowl game, because honestly, Florida, Oklahoma, or Oregon state is a fun matchup. FSU Oklahoma is a fun matchup. Like these are the kind of games that you want to see in bowl games and generally draw people to watch. It's generally the type of thing people don't opt out of this year is, you know, kind of different in that, in that regard. But like, this is a fun matchup. This is not getting stuck playing, you know, whatever McNeese state, not that that would actually happen, but like in a bowl game, it's not, it's not the depth, dumb and blind. Like these are fun matchups that don't happen very often. So I kind of love that. I hate, um, the way this bowl season plays out for Florida because it's just complicated, right? They play on December 17th. That means that they did not have time to get their full amount of practices in both because it's so like, it's so close, but also because of exams. Don't love that. It's the last weekend before, uh, early signing day either. So that makes things extra complicated. It's in Las Vegas, which is fun for the players that stick around, but it makes it really difficult for any recruit to like catch a game on their own. If they were to choose to come watch it, Florida doesn't recruit that many kids out West anyway, but they're definitely not recruiting many people in the, you know, in Nevada. So that kind of, when you play in Orlando, like the cheese It bowl, or you play in Jacksonville or even Nashville or something like that, it's all Atlanta driving distance of a lot of the guys you're recruiting so if they wanted to come on their own and catch a game they have that opportunity this basically doesn't exist for anybody that Florida's recruiting by and large um Florida is also to be fair
1: though as well I mean that does, most people are playing their this is not a shot sorry I, that almost just came off really callous most people are playing their bowls after signing day anyway so for most people that really, you know what I'm saying like.
0: Well, I'm not even saying I mean, you get like for 24 this year's guys class. guys maybe, but though. but I'm not even saying for this year's class, right? Yeah, there's 2024 20, guys in the Orlando area, yeah, in the Jacksonville like area, this. in the Atlanta area that you know, it's it benefits come. everybody to go catch a game. You're not catching a game in Vegas and being heavily recruited by the University of Florida by and large, right? Um I just think that there's kind of a lot of factors that are not that don't necessarily play in Florida's favor here. Um If you get invited to a bowl game, uh, unless there's really extenuating circumstances, you accept it. There is not a a great PR move for turning this down. I know you and I have debated about this a lot, like through text messages the last week or so. Uh, There's no scenario where Florida can turn this down and it looks good for them. So they're going. That doesn't mean that there's a whole lot of positives. The positives that exist are the guys that are left get additional time with the playbook, with the coaches on the practice field. Personally, as the sister of a former walk-on, I love the fact that there's going to be a lot of guys who normally don't get to see the field that see the field. Does that mean that Florida ends up with a W? Probably not. But I do love, I really do love that those guys are going to get the opportunity to play because it... it a lot of times it is the being a walk-on is harder than being a scholarship player. Take the money aside. You are on the scout team taking hits from your ones and twos, your whole existence. Essentially. You don't generally have the opportunity to see the field during a game. You take the brunt of the hits in practice week in and week out. I think it's cool for these guys. I also think it's a good reward for the guys that stick around, right? Bowl games are fun for these players. Vegas is probably the most fun, place for there to be a bowl game for 18 to 23-year-old college guys. They'll get per diem. They'll get bowl gifts. They'll get to party it up in Sin City. Who knows who even makes it to the game? Like This is like when they play bowl games in New Orleans. It's a dangerous proposition. Um, but I love it for the guys that that have bought in and have continued to stick around. Now, Florida's down to, I think, two outside linebackers uh, total on scholarship. Other position groups are just as bad or potentially even worse. Florida is starting Jack Miller at quarterback. He's a transfer from Ohio State. He hasn't played a down for the Gators. Um, he had surgery during 2 days and has literally not seen the field since. So there is a great chance that this is a complete you-know-what show. Um, but it's happening, right? it is what it is. Um, like I said, don't love a lot of the factors involved here, but kind of excited to play Oregon state was monitoring to see if they had quite as many people into the transfer portal as Florida. They did not. So I think, and, and for them, this is probably a really big game. You have the opportunity to get a W against Florida. I don't know that it matters to Oregon state that this is a Florida team that is, was already down, but now is going to be a shell of themselves. I don't, I don't know that that really matters if you're Oregon State. If you can get a W against Florida, that is going to be a bump for that program. Sure. So
1: and, and it know. never and it never does. I mean, to be, you know, to be fair, right? Like it, you know, nobody you know, they don't write on you know, who was it? You know, Alabama beat Texas in the National Championship and didn't like McCoy get hurt on the first play. Like they didn't write that on the trophy, right? Like I mean, just you still no. Right, They're not going like, to write well, that's the of a Florida team. Is, They're just going to say,
0: thing is, we beat the game. Same thing
1: is UCF last year, you know, UCF right. played up like it was a super bowl and they'll, oh, exactly. they'll carry that forever. You know, I mean, they, you know, same thing with, I mean, even going back, like when, when USF upset Florida state, I mean, Florida state was a terrible team back then. And USF was right. semi-respectable. They don't, you know, say like, oh, well that doesn't really count, you know, or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, right. I mean, I, I, I think so. I mean, you're, you're right. Like in Oregon state. I mean, I do. I mean, right now they're an 11 point favorite. I think they win and win going away. I mean, Florida wasn't, I mean, and, you know, to, to Florida's credit, they did get up and they played really, really well in that Florida State game. But, Florida was very hot and cold this year anyway. So, like, I wouldn't even call them a good team this year. I'm mean, going to just say very average.
0: They're a roller um, coaster so- team. I think they played up or down to who they were playing for the most part. Um, but there was a lot, you had no idea what you were going to get week yeah. in and week they out. Were just, and-
1: at the end of the day, they were just an average team. Sure. Right. And that's, you know, yeah. that's how they finished six that's and six. And so, yeah, says, I think yeah. Oregon State will. I'm sorry?
0: I said, yeah, that's what their record says. Six and six is an average team.
1: And so, yeah, I think Oregon State will beat their brains in i mean i agree with you like there's no way to like back out of a bowl i think if you're florida like it might have been like if you could have so like you can get away with only having two linebackers but if you could have just had more like i don't know like i do think so like i you know i'm not speaking for him but if i'm billy napier like i am i guess happy for like you said the the walk-on guys the guys that i i saw um Girvan, uh Gervon Dexter is going to go play like he gets mm-hmm. to play his last game. I, I do think that there is some some benefit in some of that for some of these guys. But if I'm Napier, man, like I'm almost wishing that a few more of my lower level offensive linemen would have just transferred just so like like he could have said he could have had an excuse to say like
0: we Well, we, and here's the thing that like, makes it complicated too yeah, is that his for, hands are pretty tied because for the guys that stayed and the young guys, he can't say uh sorry guys, you don't get this end of the year award. I don't I don't have any interest. Right, that's why I think it's I not thought like again, the buy-in that you lose I, from that right. is
1: So I think yeah, there's nothing you could do. I no, think in his mind, he wouldn't have hated if three or four more offensive No, line, I, mean, I don't think so hurt, either, but sorry. his hands
0: are tied at this point. It is what it right. is, you know. Right. Even so playing just, on like I'm a third or I'm December 26th would have been so much more beneficial for Napier. This is a this is a not a great set of circumstances. But so you let me do finish this thought, so you real have. quick.
1: You keep cutting me off on this one. Let Sorry. me finish this thought. All right, go. I wish I bet Napier. I've said this like four times. I'm gonna keep saying it until you let me get through it. But I do think he wouldn't have been upset if like three or four more offensive linemen would have transferred, so that he could have just said like, "We can't play this game safely." Like you All can right. get away with having a couple line, but only having two linebackers because sure. you can just play more defensive backs or more linemen. No big deal. Well, they have linebackers. Whoa, 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 whoa! Let me They're get just through like, this. Walks. Right. That's why I'm saying, I right. think that if you had offensive, if your offensive line got low enough, sure. where you couldn't safely play the game, right, right. then you could just cancel. It. You could say like, ah, right. well, not me. It's the offensive line. But we can't right. safely do this. Right. But I think that, yeah, I think this is a net negative for Florida. I mean, you know, the feel good stories of the walk ons, Gurvan getting to play his last game, great. I, you know, he'll probably play a half. He probably won't even play the full thing. Um, I I think this is a net negative. I think this is not, this is not good for Florida. They're going to lose none of it. You know, the practices, like we talked about, like they're going to, they're going to practice between five and seven times. Yeah. You know, I just, Oh, I, you know, when I was figuring that five or seven times, it was kind of based on like the fact that they're going out. Like it's going to be, yeah, it'll be, I'll be shocked if it's five times. They practice today. They're on the field the next two days. That's three. What are they going to practice? Like two or three times next week. And then you got to travel out there games early on Saturday. So I don't know. I, I think it's a net negative, but I'm, I'm good with it. I'm glad that Florida is you playing know. with it because it's another loss. It is it is that last visit weekend before
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: the final week. I don't know. See, what's interesting there is I don't really know if that makes a huge difference because you just never know what you don't know, right? right. Like who who might have visited that weekend that Florida could have made a late push for, who sure. went and visited somewhere else, Georgia, sure. Miami, wherever that would have maybe considered you know like so like that you'll never know right like you're, yeah. they're not going to interview kids and say like hey would you have gone to Gainesville if they were playing you know like
0: sure so, and they're not going to admit that or but, say anything about it
1: but i do think i do think if you ask Billy Napier right now would you rather be at home recruiting that last weekend before your first you know your first full season early signing day or would you rather go lose by 20 to Oregon State on the West Coast? I think you would say, yeah. I'd rather be home recruiting right now. And I think most fans would understand that, you know, because we've talked about this. I mean, I think bowls are relatively meaningless. The result is certainly going to be, be meaningless. You know, if you – I mean, if you guys can find a way to win. I mean, now, if Florida wins, excited. that's the
0: only way it's not meaningless. because, right. and, and it's a moral victory, right, if they win. It's not like it the trophy doesn't do anything. I don't think it gives you a bump in recruiting one way or the other. Uh, like, I don't think it hurts. I don't think it helps if you win or you lose. But I Correct. do think it's additional buy, buy-in for the guys that are still on the team. That's I don't, the, no. the positive no. part of winning.
1: I don't think it hurts. I think Florida yeah. State – we can transition to this. I don't think Florida State losing hurts. But I think winning – is just all winning does is gives you the opportunity to sell a 10-win season. Like I just I don't think bowl results, unless it's the playoff anymore. Even the New Year's six, I don't think matters anymore that much. Guys are opting, guys are opting out of playoff games. Like I mean, that's how little are stuff getting matters.
0: fired or not based on New Year's Six bowl results. So it those games do matter. You lose enough New Year's Six bowls, that's gonna get your coach fired even with 10 win seasons. So in that aspect, I do think it matters, but I don't think it matters nearly as much as it used to.
1: Yeah, no, I don't. I, yeah. I I mean, shoot both. I would, I would take losing New Year's six bowls at this point,
0: <laughs>
1: but yeah, I, I think, you know, the results are relatively meaningless. Yeah. If you win it and it puts you over a good number, you know, like I think if you're, you saw that. yeah, like last year. Okay. So yeah, this is a good example. Florida State wins one more game last year and goes to a bowl, whether it be that Florida game at the end of the year or something they dropped early, whatever. And they're six and six, and they win and win a bowl, and they go seven and six. And you would have gone from three to seven year over year. I think that would have been important to finish the season with positivity and and so not. Florida finish the finishes with under.
0: seven wins. This
1: That's year, okay. So here is what I think is a little bit different, and so I mean maybe, but most of the roster is different right? Like, you know, the quarterback's not going to be the quarterback. Like they're going to have play all those walk-ons. I, I just don't, I think Florida State's roster from last year to this year remained relatively intact. Mm-hmm. In fact, I believe we, we said they returned the 11th most production from last year to this year. And so I think your, your roster being together, I mean, it's going to be a brand new team for Florida next year. So I don't know how much the new guys that are coming in really care all that much about yeah but
0: half your team's still there they're just guys that didn't really play that are still there so it but they probably will play next year Uh, lots of these young guys that are on this team that napier brought in that have seen the field sparingly but will see it more during the bowl game will care and will have a um it'll be a step in the right direction for leadership for them it'll be a step in the right direction for you know Getting getting some dirt on your on your jersey. um Maybe like ten, I just, maybe like
1: 10 guys.
0: Yeah, but I mean, you're, I put the number at so like you know your team. That's not that's not nothing.
1: That's like a twelfth of your team. You said
0: I said it's a tenth of your team. It depends. I mean, hundred players. There's eighty five scholarship players. You probably yeah. have about one hundred and twenty when you're t- con- taking in all the walk ons. But you know, yeah. ten of those are kickers. So
1: so yeah, like I think you're you know of your eighty five scholarship guys. If you have ten of them play, I mean, you're looking. Yeah. At you know, I don't know. I I just don't. I don't think. I'm it
0: just trying to see this spin on the house. Seven wins would have been beneficial. I think it for Florida because State Florida State State not for Florida
1: because Florida won didn't win three games last year. Florida State won three games the year before. I think if you could sell the fact that you went from three to seven, it's like, hey, we're we're improving. Three to five yeah. wasn't much of an improvement for Florida to go from six this year to seven the next year. I don't think that that's
0: I mean, right? seven they won six.
1: They won, they won. six. They won six last year. So to win seven, seven this with year, to thirty me, I don't, guys
0: hitting the portal or graduating or hitting the yeah, NFL with a better is,
1: quarterback and a better coach and everything else that you guys have now. So I mean, I don't know. I mean, what do you? I mean, either way.
0: I mean, we don't have a quarterback. I think. Play, I think so. the idea.
1: I think the idea was the improvement from three to seven mm-hmm. is an easier sell than six to seven, right? I think that's fair.
0: Yeah, I think I can see. Uh, Making something out of nothing, though, which is essentially what it would be if Florida won, wh- is is a sellable thing. But I don't think that this. I, I don't honestly think don't that. think it's. I think it's more sellable in your locker room. I don't think it matters outside. Billy Napier is not
1: room. mentioning this recruit. This no, role game no any I don't think
0: whether they embarrassing win or lose, that, it's, it's embarrassing that Florida's in
1: the Florida. Florida. right. It's embarrassing that Florida's in the Las Vegas Bowl. Right? I mean, like, not, no, no, no recruit is going to Florida to play. It's not a,
0: it's not a selling point that like, look, right. no but I think that it, it creates morale within your locker room. So I think that's where the positive right. comes. If you were to win, it's what happens inside those doors. It's not going to change anything one way or the other outside of them. Right.
1: Cause nobody wants to, cause nobody, nobody cares one way or the other. You're nobody not hanging your hat on a win right. or
0: a loss in the last right. Bowl.
1: It's the second, it's the second day of bowl season. Like that's, I mean, it's just, it's yeah. so
0: early. I don't think I, – I do not remember Florida ever playing this early. I would have to check the record books because maybe something happened prior to me being alive. But I have zero recollection of Florida playing this early uh, in bowl season.
1: Billy Napier setting records. So, <laughs> c- congrats to him. <laughs> um, I can look through real quick and, and tell you. But, yeah, that, that's you're probably right. Um, So – Um, how about this? Florida State plays Oklahoma in their bowl. Kind of exciting to play. I am kind of thankful that it's Oklahoma. Um, because it's a big brand. Like I just, I don't think I would have been super super thrilled with
0: Liberty. I mean, you would. I mean, it was
1: it was going to be a Big Twelve game. But yeah, like they were talking Texas Tech. Yeah. Um, actually, it was just really between Texas Tech and Oklahoma. And when Texas Tech got. Pulled in another direction, I was like, yes, because I mean, you at least want to play a big brand. Who wants to play Texas Tech? Like, that just, I don't know. Like, I just kind of like Oregon State. I, I don't know. Are you guys excited to play Oregon State? I mean, it's somebody different, well, but it's not like a brand. Like,
0: it's I mean, not if like you guys playing Oregon. Bad,
1: you'd rather you play, play Oregon. Yeah, or you'd rather Stanford play Oregon.
0: Or but or- when you're talking about the second day of bowl season and the teams that did qualify that you could be playing. This is a top 20 matchup. It is one of the bigger brands that Florida, that that Florida could play sitting at six and six. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know who you get. I, and I love that we like, at least in my memory, haven't played, at least it hasn't been recent. If they've played before, we have a friend that's the DB's coach for Oregon state. So in our house, we're kind of excited about this too, because we, uh, you know, are excited to uh, play coach blue, but I, I, you know, I, there's not, there's slim pickings at six and six. So, I, I mean, I am excited about that matchup because it's not one that we see regularly. And I think that it's one of the better matchups out of what the options were.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think going to Vegas is 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 kind of fun, but yeah, like it, it's kind of a no win scenario. So, what day is the bowl on? Is it on the eighteenth? December
0: seventeenth. It's Saturday.
1: So the first bowl that Florida ever. Oh no, no, I was just looking at it backwards. Yeah, Florida's never played a bowl this yeah. early.
0: Now, um, to be fair, too, a lot of the bowls aren't. uh, No,
1: no, we're not uh, too being not fair. This early this. before no, either. No, no. We're not too being fair. This that the um actually. So if I'm looking at this right. We are – oh, no, sorry. So, in 1980, Florida played in the Tangerine Bowl on December 20th. Um, But last year was the second earliest when they played uh, UCF on the 23rd. Not a lot of pre-Christmas bowls. Looks like only right. one, two. Um, tangerine Bowl again on December 22nd. So, yeah. there's pretty there sure my been, dad
0: played in a Tangerine Bowl. What year?
1: 1973. Nope uh 1980 and then these two the only you know last year and this year the only four florida bowls uh pre-christmas
0: were those the only two tangerine bowls 73 and 80
1: yes okay everything before that was the gator bowl or the sugar bowl
0: gotcha okay
1: or there was one orange bowl as well so all right florida state plays oklahoma obviously we'll do bigger previews later Mm -hmm. um but again main takeaway here Oklahoma does have some guys sitting out Florida State should have just about everybody playing in this game um Jared Verse that he was playing in this game he's probably the one um that I was kind of thinking most likely didn't wouldn't play um and uh you know he said he is going to play so I think Florida State's going to be pretty close to 100% here um Oklahoma's best running back and both their tackles are going to be out for this game. I don't know if anybody else has announced that they're going to be gone or not, but um, yeah, I do think Florida state ends up winning this game, but I think it'll be a shootout. I think it'll be a lot of fun and I think we'll have a lot of points. I do think that Florida state was a good team this year and playing essentially at home against a team that was very average. I mean, Florida state should, with a lot of opt-outs should, should win, but we'll see. I mean, again, I think it's the kind of thing where if you can win you do get to kind of sell, like, hey, we, you know, went to head with Oklahoma. We won. We went, you know, we we went from five wins to ten wins. All right, sell that. If you lose, I mean it's a you know, it's a bull game. It's like anything else. Like you just move on and yeah, it's not really that big of a deal. So I think it's interesting. A little breaking news to the podcast, nothing real, real crazy here, but uh Dylan Gibbons wins the Warful Trophy tonight, just announced um on ESPN's. College Football Award Show, named after obviously 1996 Heisman Trophy winner Danny, Danny Worfel, um, presented annually to the FBS player who best combines exemplary, exemplary sheesh community service with leadership achievement on and off the field. Shout out Dylan Gibbons. He does like we you know we argue about football a ton, uh, but he does really do a, a great job with his Big Man Big Heart Foundation. They they brought that you know the first thing they did was brought that kid to Tallahassee. That is uh, Timothy that was combined in the wheelchair. He's got reps at just about every uh, Florida school. There is a UF rep for the big man, big heart, 501C3. And so, yeah, shout out Dylan for for winning that. He really, I mean, he was very, very good on the field this year. One of the, you know, I think he was honorable, either second team or honorable mention all ACC, but then obviously pretty great off the field to win that. So yeah. It's pretty cool.
0: Very cool. Very, very cool.
1: Um, all right, cool. So let's talk about the portal a little bit. Okay. You guys are having Um, a mass exodus.
0: Yeah. So Florida has lost a lot of guys. When I was watching the ticker the other day, there was actually a couple that came through that whose name I uh, swear on my life. I (laughs) had never even read before or recognized. So like probably a good plan. Um, Napier has told Florida fans that this was going to happen that that um and I think that this is something that the coaching staff wanted to happen. Um you know and, and I can see it going both ways, right? At this point it is it speeds up the process of living and dying by the players that you bring to this program. Um when if 30 guys are gone between the NFL graduating and uh the portal it becomes harder to blame whatever happens on the previous guys, guys, especially when you also will already have had now going on your second class um, in the building. Right. So there's, there's only going to be, you know, 20 to 30 guys that were Mullins guys in that locker room anymore when all is said and done and they go into spring football. Um, But you know, if that's what Napier thinks it takes for the rebuild that he's, he's, going for, then I'm all for that. I think that that's fine. And if uh, a lot of these guys don't necessarily fit Napier's system, so then they're better off going elsewhere as well. Um, But it's, it is, it's a mass exodus right now. There's a ton of guys that are hitting the portal. I've heard that it should, that Florida, potentially it will be up to 30 people between the portal and the draft and graduation. I think we only have three that graduate, but, uh, you know, by the time it's all is said and done and, and who knows there's there, you can still enter your name of the portal. It opened on December 5th. It closes. I want to say like January 18th or 19th, something like that. It's a 45 day window that it's open for. So there's guys that potentially still could enter the portal. They may be, you know, having conversations behind closed doors through, you know, Reps, family members, whatever else that wouldn't technically be legal, but it, we know it's happening all over college football. Um, there could be guys to wait that we're waiting to see who else jumps in and where openings might be, but I don't think Florida's done with guys entering the portal. What is going to be interesting to watch now is who Florida brings in from the portal. This is where Napier can really give himself, uh, a jump start on next season. It's great to sign top classes. He will sign a top 10 class. He's looking even better for 2024. Um, those things are good, but if you want to win immediately, you're not winning with freshmen, true freshmen that you sign in 2023, you're going to need to get some big wins in the portal. So I, uh, you know, I think that, uh, That is something that Florida State has done well the last couple of years. I think that's something that Mullen did well before he left. I think that's something we saw USC do really well. There is a formula out there for immediate success with guys from the portal. Um, I think that it's also such a crapshoot, though, right? Like, are you getting the guy from the locker room who's leaving the toxic environment, or are you getting the guy from the locker room that was the toxic problem? And that's, that's a gamble.
1: So here's a here's a thought. I think that um, more often than not, that point is a little bit overblown. And I do believe that toxic players exist, mm-hmm. but toxic staffs exist too. And sure. I don't think – I think we make a little bit too much of what you just said. And this is like kind of a – so kind of a credit to Florida or – whoever Napier Napier will bring in. I don't think it's so much of a problem as like they're toxic or they're the cancer or they're bad. I think it's more so like that player is just not a good fit with that program and that staff at that time. And Mm -hmm. so we call it toxic, but really they're just put in a situation that they didn't necessarily sign up for. Right. Like there are guys that are going to leave Florida that aren't, Toxic. They're not bad. Oh, I, and I'm We're not call- calling the
0: guys that right. we've no, I don't toxic. Mean just I don't mean just, just Florida. I'm just saying, like,
1: in general. But I think you when, a, when, a guys kid, well, when a kid comes in and commits, mm-hmm. he's now in a situation that he wants to be in. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when a kid is leaving Florida or leaving Florida State who mm-hmm. committed to Taggart or whatever the situation is, sure. he's leaving a situation he doesn't necessarily want to be in. Sure. And so we, we, I think we hear that a lot. Like, oh man, are, are, are you picking up kids out of the portal that were the problem and coming? Well, maybe, depending on whose side you're believing. But when they're committing to a new program, I think most kids then want to be at that program be better. And whatever so, the, and so it's
0: different than whatever, whatever
1: back then. Yeah. Whatever the conflict was at AM or Florida State or Florida is no longer a conflict. People, you know, if you, if you ask Micah Pittman, uh, who left Oregon, Michael will tell you that Mario was the issue uh-huh. and Mario and his staff will tell you that Micah was the issue, right? Well, yeah. they both moved on and Micah came here and was a phenomenal teammate. He's coming mm-hmm. back to play again next year. Everyone loved him. I think he just needed a change of scenery, right? Yeah. Like, but and that's paper, definitely that, happened. And, and so like, I think that for the most part, I think that now, I, so here's what I, I guess to sum it all up. I think the guys that Napier will bring in, Will all be good culture and good locker room guys. Like, I think it'll go 95% there, right? Like, and that's and that's not just Napier. Like, I believe that about everyone. Like, yeah. Florida State hasn't brought anybody in from the portal that is a problem or has, you know, sure. been an issue. I think sometimes you get some of that from the high school level more often because they are just young, dumb divas. But I think that Napier will go like 90-95% here. And I and I think the bigger hit on culture, mm-hmm. uh, and fit and things like mm-hmm. that because guys yeah. are going to want to play for him where yeah. he needs to hit is their production on the field. Like, I yeah. think he'll hit on all the culture stuff. I don't really have any problems mm-hmm. or worries about that. In fact, I think Mario will do that. Well, I think uh, in the portal, I think Norvell has done that very well. I think the, the bigger gamble is their production. And yeah. that's, you know, something that some coaches have done very, very well at something that other coaches, you know, have shied away from or just haven't really explored the portal at all. And so, yeah, like he needs to, he needs but to do a good job. With I kind
0: of think all of that is a little bit tied in, though. I think that, um, for and I think that nil plays a factor in this too. I'll tell you why. Generally, the the rule of thumb was uh, until probably the last year. The rule of thumb is that you have to be more careful about the high school players than the transfer players, because the high school players are the small fish in the big pond and they come to college thinking that they are, you know, something else. They've been told by coaches for the last two, three, four years that they are the missing link, that as soon as they're there, they're going to take the program to the next top, uh, you know, the next level. We need you all of these things. So they come in with a really inflated ego. They get to college, realize that they're a small pit fish in the ocean essentially. And then they have to learn to adapt to whatever that college culture is. A lot of that attitude again is created by the way that we recruit. And then with, um, transfers. What I used to always say is that like you commit to what's promised you out of high school, you go to what works when you transfer. And I think that um, you know, the shiny recruiting stuff has worn off once you've gotten into a program, seen what it's really like, and then you want to transfer somewhere where you think either the person's gonna help you get to the next level or you're gonna have a fair shot at seeing the field or whatever. Where I think NIL has changed that a little bit is that guys are chasing money now. And so there are guys who either A sign at Texas A&M, let's use as an example, where you you sign a bajillion five stars and four stars and supposedly they pay 60 million dollars for their class or whatever else. And then you have an entire locker room of divas who picked a program based on money. And they get there and either A the promises aren't being delivered on, B they never were given a fair shot, C they didn't realize what the culture was like in the locker room, whatever, any of those factors. And and then they're jumping ship from there. Or you've got guys who maybe, let's say at a high school, you are a highly rated three-star and you end up at a good, but not great Power 5 program. And let's say it's a, an NC State or something where like the NIL deals are not going to be the same as they are in the upper echelon of Power 5. So you have a little bit of success at, at NC State, and then you start chasing the money. You want to enter the portal because you think you can get more. And those are the scenarios. And I'm not saying guys shouldn't get their worth. And that's we're in the wild, wild rest right now. But those are the kind of scenarios that scare me. They're not transferring to play at their dream school. They're not necessarily transferring to play for Uh, you know, a a coach that they think is, they're going to be a better fit with. A lot of times they're transferring for money and those are the kind of things, and this is new, right? This is not, you used to be able to fully trust the guys that are transferring because they have readjusted their priorities and where they want to be. I don't think it's the same scenario anymore coming out of the portal. So I think you got to do your homework more. Um, And I think it makes it slightly riskier than taking transfers pre-NIL.
1: I think so. I will say, you know, we, I I haven't really seen that be as much of a struggle. Um, But
0: it's new. This is one year we've, we've really been dealing with a little
1: bit. Yeah. I mean, it definitely existed last year, you know, like last year in the,
0: right. But like the 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 NIL world is like, we're going on what a year and a half of it being legal. Like very, uh, it's very new.
1: Yeah. So it was about a year old in the summer when, when a lot Mm -hmm. of Florida state transfers were coming in. So yeah, I mean, I agree with that, but I, I also think that I think that the uh, the other side of this is, you know, we make a we make a big deal of the NIL stuff. I think, do no, don't I don't want to get jumped on for this. Not necessarily by you, but just by anybody. I think that the NIL world is starting to stabilize in the post-recruiting world. Right. Okay. I think that. For your top, so like I view Florida and Florida State, and we don't have to have this debate right now, but I view Florida and Florida State as like top thirteen to twenty programs of all time, right? Like that's just kind of where in my head, like you know your your top is like your you know your your Alabama and Michigan and Notre Dame and stuff like that, and then you know we're we're maybe a little lower down in that, but like still pretty, you know, like I'd say like just on the edge of blue blood, right? So let's just say we're somewhere in that range, right? I think NIL for your top 20 ish programs outside of your just absolute upper echelon of like Texas A&M and stuff like that. I think it all looks about the same. Like I think that players that are there are, are making similar amounts. You're going to see that kind of normalize some. And I think that you're seeing transfers in the portal understand that the money isn't all it's cracked up to be. Yeah. And that's why post recruiting, I think when it's recruiting and they're high schoolers, I think you promise the world Mm -hmm. and you can pay the world. And then I think once the players get to college, you can't
0: pay the world, but they do pay the world. That's actually where the, once they get to college
1: and they're looking to transfer, they kind of understand like, yeah, all that was great. But like, I got to be in a place that's actually going to develop, me, right? Like all that money was awesome. But these coaches suck, or yeah. this locker room is toxic, or what you know. Like, we'll go back to that. Yeah, so I do think that, that it somewhat normalizes not that guys aren't going to just transfer for insane amounts, I, I, you're going to have your one offs here and there and everywhere. But Florida State didn't have all their NIL stuff put together, and they, they've they been able to land really good transfers that have been drafted and gone on to play in the NFL and stuff like that. So, like, I think that I think that some of that normalizes, and you know, I actually do think. I think Napier will be good. I mean, obviously, he needs to, you know, have a have a better year this year to kind of uh, keep things going in a positive direction. But I think Napier will be good. I think Norvell's really, really good at building culture, and so I think guys like that are going to find good fits. It's it's right. you know, are they successful on the field? Do they fit the needs? I mean, honestly, a lot of it, more than any, like Florida and Florida State are going to get athletes, right? Yeah. Like, that's just they're always. Gonna, can they find a quarterback, right? Like, and that's really that, you know, to me, like, that's what, that's 80% of uh, maybe 80s high. It might be like 60 or 70 though. 60 or 70% of it, is a coach successful. Can he, can, can he find quarterbacks? They're going to consistently mm-hmm. win because a quarterback is going to take you, is going to be quarterback's the Quarterbacks and
0: offensive linemen.
1: Yeah. A quarterback going to be the difference between six or seven wins and eight or nine or 10, right? Yeah. I mean, quarterback's going to be yeah. the difference in two or so games. And so, If you can find a quarterback, it's going to make it just makes your job a lot easier. Now, you know, what what does Florida do there at quarterback, right? Does Leary come in? You saw the, what was the Oklahoma State kid was rumored? Like there's different rumors floating around there. And so it's like, what does Florida end up getting there? It doesn't end up being Jack Miller, right? Like what ends up happening there? Um, Obviously, if he goes off and just has an insane game, then yeah, he'll get a look and then he'll get to compete in the spring. But um, yeah, I think that. I mean, honestly, that's what it all comes down to. And, you know, Florida State will get Jordan Travis back, so you'd you'd imagine they have another similar year, right, like between eight and ten wins with him coming back. But then what do they do after that, right? Like, obviously, he's coming back this year, but where do they go from there, right? And that, you know, ultimately, if Norvell can find somebody of a similar skill set to where Jordan Travis is right now, they'll probably continue to be successful. Right. If that starts to slip – they're probably going to start winning six or seven games a year, right? Like that's just yeah. I mean that's just what it is at the end of the day. If Florida yeah. would have had Florida had a lot of issues on um on defense this year, but honestly if they just had a quarterback that was more consistent, I mean they probably win two more games. You yeah. know, like yeah. at least. So, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it all kind of rides and dies right there. Yeah, and I mean, so, they
0: win Kentucky and Vanderbilt if uh Anthony Florida Richardson State. plays half as well. Well, yeah, but I mean, I'm not even getting like yeah. I I Florida state is a better opponent than this year than Kentucky or, and obviously than Vanderbilt. Um, but I, I mean, Anthony Richardson just plays average. They win those two games, but so, uh, it's going to be interesting to watch though. And I, uh, you know, recruiting has always been kind of a show, but this is just an added, uh, Layer Now, you know, something that I was talking to uh, some high school coaches this week, though, that was an interesting um, insight is that they were telling me that the uh, transfer portal is really, really making life difficult for their two and three star athletes and they are saying that like and these are programs I was talking to a couple of different coaches in Tampa that routinely have you know a couple four stars and a five star most years on their team and so they do place a lot of guys in college because when you have one stud and scouts come all of a sudden multiple guys on your team have offers and that's kind of just how it works you get in front of these scouts because there's this great guy and your offers come too but so many coaches that were saying that like a lot of their players last year didn't end up with committable offers until like the day before signing day or even on signing day from some of these programs, because they were waiting to see how it shook out with transfer portal guys. And that it's really like uh, the they, they believe that less guys are going to get signed out of high school overall than in the past based solely on the way the transfer portal is happening. And they're, you know, they're which, kind which of upset sense. about that. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: and I get it. Um, so I get it for those coaches. Yeah. And I think I mean, that that's, sucks that's for That's part of their job,
0: right? Is trying to help guys that want to play at the next level have the opportunity to play at the next level.
1: Um, but I don't really feel that bad. I mean, like, it's just kind of, it's just a product of where we are at this point. You know, like, yeah. I, mean, I, I think I just- that, I mean, if you're a coach. And your job is. I would love on the for line. there to be
0: some more restraints on the way that we handle the transfer yeah. portal. It is yeah, which I think well is why they,
1: which is why they put in the
0: the the limit, the time the window. Limit,
1: the windows. Uh-huh. You only get the one free year. Yeah. I think you're we're also dealing with um so but I'll give Bud Elliott a shout out here. But he talked about this. I think that you're also dealing with a lot of the guys that are transferring right now are part of that 2020 class. Mm-hmm. Um and those kids never got to take visits. Yep. And those staffs never got to yep. evaluate those people. So those it's whatever was sold class. to you. And so yeah, there, and there's there's a lot messages. of there's
0: a lot of guys. Well, in that and class that, that, that year also affected. Give me a second. The,
1: there's a lot of guys in that class that were misevaluated. Sure. So they they should have been at a school that's better than they're at now, or they weren't as good as that staff thought right. they were. And right. so they need to move. Right. So I do think the transfer portal is always going to be crazy. But I also think that this year is especially crazy. And the further away we get from 2020, the extra scholarships (laughs) and everything else is happening. I think it will normalize a little bit, but it'll always be crazy.
0: Well, and that was the other point I was going to bring up about 2020 COVID is that because everybody got an extra year of eligibility, there are less guys whose eligibility is up, which means that there are less scholarships available per team, unless those coaches are going to be willing to say like, I know you got a sixth year or a fifth year or whatever, but I need that scholarship back because I'm giving it to a young guy. Um, Like Florida this year, I think has three guys out of eligibility. Um, on their entire team. Like it's a very small number of players. And so, and that, that was one of the things that we talked about when it happened in 2020, that like the unintended consequences that are going to come from the decision to give everybody an extra year of eligibility. We are seeing that affect high school players because there's just less space for them.
1: Well, I think, I mean, I do think there, and I don't, I don't have this right in front of me, but I do think that you are allowed some, like there is some grace for that. Like mm-hmm. if you're carrying extra players because of the 2020 rule, like I do think you, don't you get a bump in the scholarship? I don't
0: know if you still do. I know that you did the first year, but I don't know. I'm going to try and Google real quick. Uh,
1: and I think if that's the case, that's where your, you know, your staff has to have conversations with you know, yeah. players and say like, Hey dog, you, you gotta get out of here. But I mean, big picture back to the, you know, back to, the, <clears throat> you know, and I know people will bring up Kyle Trask and they'll bring up uh, who was the other kid that was a two-star that Aaron, Do- you know, or uh, I don't know, whoever it was, J.J. Watt, whatever, you know, there are, you know, guys that end up making it that were really, really lowly rated. But at the end of the day, if you were like a two-star going to a, a program, right, and that was an amazing experience for you. But you, in all likelihood, you probably weren't, this Ever. says
0: on the NCAA website, this says 2022 and 2023 recruits should be realistic about the possibility of scho- fewer scholarship opportunities and available roster spots due to the extra year of eligibility.
1: Yeah. So maybe um, they're not giving them an extra one. But like if you were, if you were like a two or a low three star in the past anyway, like you pro I mean, like you just got to play the odds, right? Like yeah. you got to, I mean, if I'm a coach, Florida State. Okay. So Florida State is. There's a kid we just got to commit this week named Daryl Jackson. He mm-hmm. is flipping from Miami.
0: From Miami, yeah. right.
1: His mom's sick, and so he's coming home. He's going to apply for the hardship waiver, and he'll probably get it. Mm-hmm. But Florida State knew who he was out of high school. Yeah. And kind of, like, flirted around there, but just didn't think he would – like, just didn't have the scholarship available to, like – what you know. I don't want to say waste, but, like – to put on a project like they needed more portal ready guys immediately. And he went to Maryland and had a good year, wanted to transfer back and Florida state again, wanted him last year. And just based on our depth and Miami's depth, Mm -hmm. like he knew he could get more playing time there. But if I'm like Norvell, would I rather have a guy that's been in college for two years or a three star? Right. Like you the guy that's right. Right. For sure. So, like, I mean, I get
0: it. Oh, but- I get it from both perspectives, right? Like you I I get it from a college uh coach perspective. Like you want the guy that you can put in immediately. The guy that's had the two years of practices under his belt somewhere else. The guy that has been in the weight program. Uh, the guy that is two years older because his body is just more mature than an 18 year old coming in. I get all of that, but I also see being a high school kid and this is your dream and this is what you've worked for. And it's a different scenario for you in high school than it has ever been prior to this. And I understand from a college coaching point of or a high school coaching point of view, that part of your job is to get these kids into college. And now it is harder. Another thing that a high school coach told me this week that I thought was interesting is that he said that he has become basically like an agent for his player, his former players. Once again, he has a guy that plays, uh, I'll just in the Midwest somewhere who, um, you know, was was considering transferring. And this high school coach's advice to his player was go in, Talk to your position coach and your head coach. Tell them you want to realistically know where you stand and then make a decision from there. The kid didn't hear what he wanted to hear from the coaches, or maybe he did because then it was kind of almost like permission to leave, but he's decided to enter his name in the transfer portal. Prior to December 5th, this high school coach told me that he was fielding dozens of calls from colleges wanting to know if this player was going to be entering the portal and information about him. And then once December 5th hit, he's kind of helping, you know, make these connections and stuff. And so these high school coaches are taking on, and this is the role that they play when their players are in high school. Right. But it's now the role that they're playing for their guys that have been gone two and three years, um, which is an interesting, you know, thing that they didn't realize they were kind of signing up for. Uh, But, I got something really funny to read you um, that I think you're going to enjoy. I don't know who this player is, but listen to this entering the portal post. That was just oh, um, the leech one. Yeah. Dylan Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for those listening at home, First and foremost, I'd like to thank God for giving me the opportunity to showcase my talents at a college level. Without him, I am nothing. Secondly, I would like to thank my family and friends for the endless love and support they have shown me throughout the season. To Mississippi State University, my teammates, trainers, and amazing fans, it has been an honor to participate in this program with you all. Uh, together, you guys have helped build my character and skills tremendously. With that being said, since I am not very tough and Leech is glad that I am leaving, I will be entering my name into the transfer portal with the hopes of finding a more fit playing environment for me. Thank you. Is that the most savage departure letter that we have seen yet?
1: It is. That's pretty dumb, though, isn't it? Yeah, like, because
0: your other coaches are like, so you, if that. I don't play you, are you going to throw me under the bus? If I yeah. tell you that you're soft because you you are not working that hard, are you going to then use it against me later? Like maybe this is a you thing, not a me thing.
1: Don't I mean? But it's it hilarious. is funny. But it does so it doesn't affect my like right. It doesn't, it affect doesn't affect either, me. So it's funny. So, but like, yeah, that's that's not. That's not. That's
0: hilarious. a nineteen-year-old. I mean, it's hilarious, kid, but it's not what hilarious. it is. But it is hilarious.
1: So yeah. So anyway, that's
0: that is yeah, hilarious.
1: Dumb. Um, playoff expansion announced. Thoughts there. Twenty
0: twenty-four is a go. What do
1: you Couldn't think about? Really it?
0: Feel, find four teams deserving this year, so let's go ahead and make it twelve. So I don't
1: hate it, and the reason I don't hate it is because we talked about this before. I think yeah. it keeps. More, yeah. more kids from opting out. I think bowl right. season is becoming it more and more. Bowl and,
0: season matter more, and on that aspect, it I'm is cool better. Um, I just think it's a cop out to act like we're going to suddenly have a more fair, deserving, or different champion because we've divided it or we've added it uh, to teams, and now it's twelve. Uh, the in reality, it's going to be more SEC teams qualify, and more than likely we're going to end up with the same winner that we would have gotten had we done four or had we stuck with the BCS because more often than not, that is what happens.
1: So here's what I agree. I agree that it will not change the champion most years. Most years. Um, I think it will some here and there. I do think it will make for intriguing Early round matchups. I agree with that. We we, we saw number 11, US, Utah, beat number four, USC, this week. We mm-hmm. saw number 10, Kansas State, beat number three, TCU.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so I do think. That and these we are similar won't...
0: matchups that we will see yeah. in the playoffs.
1: We saw. Um, yeah, the week before, there was something kind of similar. I just – I don't have it right in front of me. But anyway, oh, we saw a 6-USC versus 1,500 Dame. Obviously, they – you know, Notre Dame being like a bump up, but that was a great game. So anyway, like I think that – I think that we will get some good earlier round matchups sure. that will be yeah. fun. And I think it's – you know, the, the top four teams get a bye, and so you get that. You get that first round games happening on college campuses. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. I think that will provide a really exciting um, aspect to this. Those games will be fantastic. And then I think the next round, right? Like whatever happens in that first round on campus games, the next round, three of the four favorites will probably move on. Um, But... Maybe not. Maybe the you know like you could see an upset between like oh so like the number one and number two team probably will never have trouble or very rarely, but like Rare, really, number three right. and number four. You think about it right now, like that'd yeah. be TCU and Ohio State. Like those teams are sure. not unbeatable. So I right. think that could be kind of fun. What Let's I also think their last does, two games. I think that this makes. I think it's good. Okay, I, I hope you agree with me on this. I think this is a good. I think this is. Very factual. I think it's going to make November football more fun. And here's what I mean by that. I think it devalues the early part of the regular season because you can just lose a game. It doesn't matter at all. Georgia can start out 0-2 every year and still just – I mean, assuming they're not playing like Kent State or whatever, right? But I think that in November, if you remember back, the only games we really like – like your can't-miss games were Tennessee and Georgia, Ohio State and Michigan – Games that like mattered for the playoff, right? Because if if a if a 13's playing a 20, eh, you may tune in for that, but you're not like, oh, I can't miss that. But if a 13's playing a 20 in week 10 next year, that's essentially for a playoff spot. Like that's a fun like that game just I- means more. So I think, you know, I, I think the 13 versus the 20 this year, just whatever. Like, who cares? Wasn't a big deal. Nobody really cares. I think in years going forward, I think it's going to make there. there's going to be a lot more big matchups in November because teams are fighting for that playoff spot. They're the fighting flip side the of that
0: is that those big games in October that we all always circle on our calendars mean less. So, um,
1: in no no, so I disagree there in November, now October, maybe, but in November, I think they mean just much because if you can get but that, you're talking about body- in
0: November, what I'm saying is right now we circle the third Saturday in October, we circle Halloween weekend. We care about these big matchups that happen. Like I can remember vividly sitting at, after Florida beat, uh, Georgia in, I want to, in, in the O it was O seven, uh, season. I guess the 08 season. Um, I remember sitting and watching Texas versus Texas Tech. And Texas, you know, was favored over Florida for Florida to have an out, a possible chance for the BCS. They had to win the SEC, but they needed some help. And I can remember Texas Tech with some crazy catches to beat Texas and that and and watching that, went, was that in November? October. It was the last, the last so weekend I, in October. Like I think that those games are now going to matter less because if you move, leave or lose with six weeks or four weeks left in the season, it's not going to matter as a much. Chance
1: it re- I mean, there maybe maybe a tad, but I don't think oh, so because exactly. I do think that home field advantage one will mean a ton. Getting to play that game in a home stadium will be huge, and that buy. I yeah. think there's still a massive reward. <coughs> For getting that buy, And so if you're, if you're Georgia and you're playing Tennessee down the stretch and you lose to Tennessee and you're like, Oh my gosh, we just lost the chance of having a buy, right? Well, they wouldn't actually have, cause they still would have gone to the sec. It would have been very much like this year. I mean, if Georgia would have lost to Tennessee and then one out, they'd still be the number one seed, but for all, well, I guess no Michigan would because, but one and two don't really matter. But I, I do think that I think that the chance of getting that buy, like that buy is so precious. I think it'll keep team like and Georgia's not gonna go out and give any less effort. Like that game will yeah. still like like say Florida and Georgia are undefeated in 2024 going into the cocktail party. Like it's not gonna be like, oh, uh, we got we got house money to play with. Like, no, you're gonna want to win that game because it gives you the like I think the fact so the the way it's written right now is the the four highest Conference champions get the buys, okay. right? So Florida and Georgia are undefeated going into that game. Yeah, the winner gives themselves the inside track to go to the SEC championship. But if okay. you lose that game, you're now there's no way you're getting that top four seat. Florida can right. Florida lose that game? Ah, you know, Georgia drops a game to Vandy and South Carolina, then maybe yeah, it happens. But right. for all intents purposes, you lose it in, in Jacksonville, you're not going to Atlanta. Right. Uh, like, I mean, that's just what I mean. I think that's probably what happens ninety percent of the time. Right. I mean, maybe right. even higher. So I do think that that game will continue to matter. I think yeah. all the games will because you've got to win your conference. <laughs> no,
0: I do think you know. the SEC is going to get four teams in. You're not going to have to win your conference. You're going to have to win your conference if you pay. To the, get the pass, buy. No. You have to win your well, to conference to buy. But I don't know that that that. I guess it depends on the conference that you're playing in, whether or not you even care that much about the vibe. But I, I listen, think you do care about the vibe because you
1: avoid you avoid an SEC team in the first round.
0: Yeah, right. Well, like if I you're mean, an SEC so, team, you don't really care that much. So I guess that's where I'm coming at it from. I mean,
1: yes, I do think an SEC team would want the buy because again, they want to avoid an SEC team in the first round. Like, how yeah. terrible would it be if you were Alabama and you? Made the, or, you know, say Georgia or LSU or whoever. And you had to play an elite opponent like that in the first round. Yeah. And, and Georgia's meanwhile, just sitting there watching YouTube beat up on each other and knowing that they get to play whichever one of you is more, you know, less beat up next week. I think that right. I do think the buy is really going to be important. And if you're, yeah. I mean, if you're FSU or Clemson or anybody else. Yeah. I mean, you certainly would like to have a buy and not have to play an Alabama or a Georgia right. or somebody like that. Like. I mean what you're right like it is going to put like so this year the way that it would have worked out would have been uh were the rankings. So the top 4 would have remained unchanged, Georgia, Michigan, TCU and Ohio State would have gotten the buys. Alabama would have gone up against Tulane and then Tennessee would have gotten Washington, Penn State against Clemson, Utah Actually, I don't. I think, I think the, I don't. Yeah, I don't think the bowl tie-ins still matter. Oh no, they don't because you're you're playing at home sites. Right. So I mean, I mean this year, there would have been three SEC teams in it: Alabama, right. Tennessee, and Georgia. Right. Um. So I think you know Georgia not having to play somebody first round. I mean Alabama has to play Tulane. Obviously they're going to beat right. the crap out of them. But then Tennessee without their quarterback has to play ten and two Penn State. I don't think that's a super fun game to play without your QB. So
0: yeah, well, no games are super fun to play without your QB, though. That's a that's extenuating circumstances
1: for sure. But well, I mean, that's just how it would have worked out this yeah. year, based yeah. on what we know. So yeah. I also think the biggest pro of this is that I think that this gives Florida and Florida State, and probably Miami too, but like they just have never figured anything out. I I think that it does give Florida and Florida State a chance to. Uh, expedite their rebuilds. Yeah. Because I think that Florida and Florida state at a minimum should win between nine and 10 games a year. Like if they're just taking care of business, right? Like Florida state could lose, you know, for all intents and purposes for the last 40 years, Florida state has split with Miami and they've split with Florida. Like if you look at the last 40 years, you know, the teams are roughly 20 and 20 against each other. And so On an average year, Florida State's going to go one and one there, and then if you right. say they lose to Clemson, they should beat everyone else, right? Like they should right. beat everyone else in the ACC. And so, Florida State would have finished that; they would have been the second team out of the playoff this year. And so, if if Florida State takes care of business, they're going to be fighting and competing for a playoff spot every year. If Florida takes care of business, they're going to be fighting and competing for a playoff spot every single year. Nine and three to ten and two is going to do it most years for both teams. Yeah, and I think that if if Florida and Florida state can quickly get back there. And I think 2022, 2024 is a year that both teams could be competing for it. If they're if they're going to be competing,
0: competing for it, or they're going to be breaking in or getting new coaches the next year.
1: <laughs> so if they're doing that, if they're competing for a playoff, I think you can, I don't know that you're catching Georgia, but I think you elevate yourself above everyone else so much faster. I yeah. think getting into that 12 team playoff, it sells so much better than just going to a new year's six bowl. Sure.
0: So, or sure. Winning I, think that, I think that's fair.
1: So I think that there's a, a, now, you know, is it the best thing for the sport? Is it the best? You know, I don't know. Those are all things that yeah. are way over my head. I yeah. do think it presents Florida and Florida state with an excellent opportunity. Like I said, Florida state was you know, obviously the, the expansion hasn't happened yet, but they right. finished 14th and the top 12 teams get in. So like they were right there on the door this year. I think that if they can stay around that area or improve over the next couple of years, they'll be in great shape. If Florida can get to a point where I mean, I hate to say like all Florida has to do, but all Florida has to do is just beat the bad teams. Like you just got to beat the Kentuckys and South Carolinas and Vandy's and Missouri's and stuff like that. And you're winning eight, nine, 10 games. And if you're winning nine or 10, you're talked about in those conversations. So yeah, anyway big opportunity for both teams. I think with this, and I mean, for really any team in a, in a power five conference, if you're winning nine or 10 games, you're being talked about in that top 12. Like that's just the way that it's always going to work out. You know, yeah. your your top 15 teams are all nine and three and better. And everybody below that has four losses. Like that's just, yeah. you know, like that's just kind of how it always shakes out. So, all right. You got anything else before we get out of here?
0: Uh, well, we're doing our uh ball drive on Sunday. This, uh, wow. which we do this annually. We go to Dick Sporting Goods, we buy as many sports balls as possible. We bring them to Metropolitan Ministries each year. And we've been doing this like we none of us can remember the year it started. We know that I was at least in middle school, so this has been going on for you in know 30 years, somewhere between 25 and 30 years for sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So super I was actually just making that. a joke
1: there. It's funny that I got that That's right. actually accurate.
0: Um, <laughs> my, uh, well, I guess 30 years from middle school isn't accurate, but like, I, I mean, I was for sure at least 12, right. I'm 38. So, you know, it's, it's, and I could have been younger. We just like, I don't know for sure. Right. It, we didn't know it was going to become a thing until it became a thing. Um, uh, but I'm really excited. Hadley and Hayden have been selling apple cider. Um, out front they've done it like a couple different times they made like I don't know $155 something like that and then uh one of my aunts called up and she was like hey tell the girls I want to match what they made and I was like you might want to ask how much they made before you promise that but she was like no no, no, it's good so they were super excited because she doubled
1: (laughs) $152
0: right so she doubled uh their money though so they uh we're gonna go we're gonna take them to five below Saturday morning, I think, because that way they'll, their money will go a lot further. Um, but so they have over $300 that they've made. And then on Sunday we'll go to Dick sporting goods. Well, with my entire family. Uh, so like 24 of us will go, we'll buy all the things and, uh, drive it over to metropolitan ministries. And it's my favorite Christmas thing that we do in my family. Um, and yeah, that's what I got going on.
1: Cool. Well, um, let me recap these picks. I kind of forgot about this real quick. Oh, yeah. We both sucked. We both went three and three. You got um, Utah. We neither of us got TCU. I got UGA. We both got Tulane. We both got Michigan and neither of us got Clemson. Three and three for the week. I went 60. I'm sorry. We both went three and three. I'm 60 and 44. You are 57 and 47. So we have a lot of bowls coming up, but this week is just the Army Navy game. So only one game to pick. Um, Navy is a two and a half point favorite. You can pick this and I'll just take whatever you don't take. So Navy is a two and a half point favorite.
0: Mm. Give me army.
1: Navy minus 2.5. I'll take Navy here. I've not watched one game from either team. Me neither. Uh, This year.
0: (laughs) Do you watch the army Navy game? Um, I usually do. Yes. But that's because there's not football on. On that day, so that's a fun thing to watch, and I'm not ready for to not have football every Saturday on my TV. So, yes, I will be watching.
1: If we're home, I usually do.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I I'm not going to not, not go game. somewhere to watch it, but if I'm home, it's on the TV.
1: Yeah. There's also the World Cup on Saturday, so that's
0: true. We'll, we'll be see. going back and forth. It might house. be. It might
1: be a World Cup. Thing, we also but. have
0: soccer, like our own soccer, on Saturday. So I don't know, but if I can, I will.
1: Well, cool. We'll be back next week. Um, we'll share the link to the ball drive. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thanks for watching. I'll talk to you guys soon. Go Knowles. Go Gators. Hey, when you intro the show, you have to say go Noles first.